Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. All right, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 1. It's Father's Day, so I figured I'd just bring you a message on a father in Scripture who you actually never hear speak. And we're talking today about Joseph, who's the earthly father of Jesus. But, you know, some of you are good Bible readers, so you probably noticed that, right? That in all of the Gospels, you never hear Joseph say a word. He never says anything. That doesn't mean he never speaks. They just never recorded anything he said. But that is okay. Turn to somebody and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Say, it's okay. It's okay. You know why it's okay? Because his actions say enough. His actions say enough. You never hear Joseph say, oh, it's been a long day at work. You never hear him say, Jude, pick up your toys. You're like, who's Jude? Jesus' brother. You never hear him say, oh, jo- uh, Mary, I love being your husband. He actually never talks. But his actions speak so loud. Look at verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. This is Matthew 1, verse 18. His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, and she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Watch Joseph. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to the son, and he called his name Jesus. Now in verse 18, it says that Mary had been found to be with child. Now you got to understand here, this does not mean she was concealing it. It just means at this point, it actually became obvious that she was pregnant. And you got to realize here that this is, it's really big when this happens. And we kind of understand the the bigness of it when we consider the process of a Jewish wedding, because it's not like our weddings. There was a multi-step process. The first step was the engagement, which usually was arranged by parents or a matchmaker. So it was, it was arranged. 
Then there is the second step, which, which was the betrothal, and this was a legal binding relationship that used, usually lasted a year. And in this year, they, they actually didn't live together. So they didn't, it wasn't like, oh, we're sort of getting to know one another, we're really figuring out what we're getting into. They didn't, they, they barely saw one another. And at this point, if you didn't want to go forward with the marriage, a legal divorce was required. And then after a year, there was the marriage itself. And you got to realize here, Joseph finds this out in step two. So he's been paired up. The parents came together. They're like, it's all good. We're doing the thing. You know, they're like Cho and Zan. They're like, get the flowers, start planning, all that kind of stuff. We're ready to go. And he finds out that she is pregnant. In verse 19, it says, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. D.A. Carson said, Mary was now thought to be unfaithful and Joseph had to choose a quieter way permitted by the law itself to get out of this. Now, if you want to know where that is, it's Deuteronomy 24, Numbers 11 shows you that he actually has a, a way out of this. The f- you gotta, and you got to listen to this. The full rigor of the law might have led to Mary's stoning, though that was rarely, this is important, rarely carried out in the first century. Still, a public divorce was still possible. Though Joseph was unwilling to expose Mary to such shame. And now you just got to slow down and think about this. I always want us, you know, when you're reading the Bible, just, just slow down and think. Think about Joseph's world right now. The whole thing is blowing up. He's like, the, my life was ordered. Things was organized. We're about to do this thing. And now I find out this news. Think about what's going through his mind. Ooh, I thought I could trust her. Don't you ever think like that? Ooh, I thought I could trust that person. Ooh, I thought, her, I thought she was from good people. I thought her parent, I thought this was from good stock. What am I, I going to do? Think of all that is going through his mind. Joseph, wouldn't you be hurt? The, think, the only thing he can think about right now is she's been with another man. You got, sometimes we read our Bibles, right? And we're like, we're getting details that this brother didn't have. We see multiple times from the Holy Spirit, two times from the Holy Spirit. Joseph doesn't know that. So he's more than likely really hurt. But notice that Joseph isn't planning on taking revenge. Did you catch that? He's not planning on taking, and why? Because the text says, verse 19, because he's a just man. And so what you got to realize here is Joseph looks at his options, and at this point, he's planning to do the most merciful thing he can, to divorce her quietly. Joseph, his words are not recorded, but his actions say enough. Look at this. He plans, his plan models a heart of compassion. His plan models a heart of good. Joseph is teaching us the way to treat people. He's modeling for us how we are to behave. In your life, you are to make moves, think about this, that alleviate pain in people's lives. Joseph here is not inflicting pain out of his pain. Oh, come on. 
You guys are going to leave me up here? Because it's not the way we behave. Oh, I'm hurt. Somebody's going to hurt. Joseph is not inflicting pain out of his pain. He is choosing to be merciful. He reminds us the way we are to react and respond in our pain when people hurt us. Verse 20 says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is, uh, is, where am I? For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Did you, did you notice that the text said Joseph considered these things? Did you catch that? What, what it's telling you is Joseph reflected. He thought about it. See, Joseph is, is, is the kind of guy that if he was standing here, he'd be like, you know what? Haste makes waste. Joseph's the kind of guy who, you know, he measures twice, cuts once. Because Joseph, what he's trying to teach you is not, he's not impulsive. He, can sit, he thought about what he was going to do. He thought about how his actions would affect another person's life. Joseph is moving very slow. And what he's doing is he's teaching you and he's teaching me that we are not to be impulsive people. Bet some of you were real impulsive this week, huh? (laughs) Yogi. See, when you're impulsive, that's how you end up down the road of addiction. When you're impulsive, that's how you end up in the, you know, the, the sea of regret. See, Joseph moves slow. And you know what? I can prove it. Do you know that? I can prove it. Say how. He went to bed. See, Rochelle's always with me. She said, it's true. He went, he, look at verse 20. He says, the angel appeared to him in a dream. See, sometimes in our life, Things hit us hard, we are hurt, we are confused, we don't know what to do, and all right away we're like, I just gotta fix this, I just gotta fix this, I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something. Joseph's like, I am confused, I'm going to sleep. And sometimes in your life, in a tough moment, the best thing you can do is just take a nap. And And do nothing yet. And so let me be your shepherd for a minute. If you have a big decision that you have to make in your life, this week, this month, this year, sleep on it for a minute. Slow down. Just go to bed for a couple, just just say, I'm not going to do anything yet. And just watch how God might guide you as you are not impulsive in the decision that you need to make. Take your time. Oh, Joseph is dreaming, but God is intervening. Did you catch it? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling good. I slept last night. The angel came with big news. Verse 20, it says, but, uh, but as he considered these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary as, of, of your, as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The, the, the angel says, Joseph, she hasn't been unfaithful. 
What you, this is a supernatural thing going on here. God is actually at work here, Joseph. And Joseph, the, the baby she's carrying is a unique child. She's carrying the Messiah. The angel tells him, Joseph, what is happening right now is, is there is a fulfillment going on of what God has promised. He intervened. God intervened to make sure that Joseph was informed. And what you got to understand here is God, would you look at God? God is in control of history. God is making sure that every single part of his plan, everything that he has put down in scripture, everything that he has promised, he is making sure it goes exactly to plan. What you got to understand is your father in heaven never has a plan B. Serious, read the scriptures. God's never like, oh, let's like, let's fix that. Let's try something different. Plan A all the time, full control all the time in history, in your life, in my life. And that's, that should give you this deep, settled trust as you live your life. Nothing can happen to me. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can be off plan because God is in control of it. There is never a moment where this rocky ship that I'm on in life means that God is not in control every single moment. And it's, just, it's in one little verse. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God making sure things go according to plan. God is guiding world history. And do you know that God is guiding your history? Have you ever thought about that? Think about this. He intervenes in Joseph's life. Hasn't God intervened in your life? You and me were adrift in the sea of sin. And God said, you know what? I really love Cho. Never mind. Come on. And he just pulled her on to the shore of salvation. And now everything's changed. Simply because God looked at you with love in his eyes. In control. Intervening in your Life. Why? Because God promised that one day Jesus would save a people from every tribe, nation, and tongue. Look around the room. Isn't God doing what he promised? Oh, yes. He always does. You got to understand. God has a plan. He's working the plan, and he's going to complete the plan. Oh, let me say it again so you can say amen. God has a plan. God has a plan. God is working the plan. God is going to complete the plan. Ultimate fulfillment will come. Scripture promises that. Verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph, his words... Not recorded, but his actions say enough. His response models what we are calling mature obedience. Mature obedience. Here's how you know it's mature. He obeyed immediately. Did you catch it? He woke up and he, Joseph's not like, you know what? I hear what the angel said. God, can I take one more night to sleep on it? He woke up and did what God said. 
immediately. He listened to the Lord because he loves the Lord. What did Jesus say? If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Here's how you got to think about your obedience when you're doing it. Every time you obey God, every time you follow what God says, every time you swim upstream and do the thing that is difficult, every time you do that thing that nobody else seems to be doing and obeying God, what you are saying is, I love my heavenly father. And I'm going to follow what he says. Here's this next one. It's mature obedience because he obeyed completely. It says he took his wife. That means he married her. And then he called his name Jesus. He, he, he said, I was told to name you this. We're going to name you this. Growing up, my, I had one job at home. Say one job. I had one job. My job at home was to sweep the kitchen. It was really hard. <laughs> and my mom would be like, you know, hey, Marv, I'm going to work because she worked hard. Make sure you sweep the kitchen by the time I get home. So, well, I got, I got it. I would, I would sweep. Sometimes I'd sweep. And then I would, just, I would just leave the dirt in the corner. You're right. I was, I'm still being sanctified. And she'd get home and she'd be upset. I'm thinking, why are you upset? At least I did some of it. <laughs> At least she's like, mm, your logic's not too good. <laughs> she was upset because partial obedience is still disobedience. I only did half of what she asked. I, I didn't sweep the kid. My boys were like, oh, you're not going to be able to talk at home now, Dad. <laughs> Partial obedience. I only did half. That's where Joseph and he's different. Because he didn't just do half of what God said. He did all. And here's the thing you got to realize. Like when you only half obey God, you're disobeying and you're being disrespectful. You're saying, I know better. And, and you're, actually, you're, actually, you're actually not really trusting the character of God because you're like, you know, because when I'm saying I only did half the thing, I didn't really think my mom was going to give me a consequence. But it was a Jamaican house. Trust me, there was consequences. Half obedience. You're saying, oh, God's not going to carry out what he promises then. You're not trusting in the full ca- character of God. Disobedience has consequences. Partial obedience has consequences. And, here's, and, and all you got to do is look at one person in scripture. His name's Saul. First Samuel, I got it here, 15. Go home and read it. He halfway di- obeys God. Halfway. And then he tries to like explain it. Well, I kind of did this and you know the people. It was the people's fault. So he's blame shifting. And when you look at his half obedience, it leads to destruction. It's disrespectful and dangerous. Don't just partially obey God, fully obey. That's mature obedience. Here's the next sign that it's mature. He obeyed and embraced God's plan fully. He obeyed and embraced God's plan fully. Verse 24 says he took his wife. That means he chose marriage, not divorce. You got to think about this. He was there for Mary. Remember, it's a tough time for her too. She had a plan, and Mary, 
beautifully adjusts her plan. God comes to her and says, hey, we're going to do this. And she's like, I'm, 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 I'm your servant. And so when he takes her as his wife, think about what that meant to her. She's going through stuff too. He was there for her. And then he was there for Jesus. In the middle of the unexpected, here you have a father who is present. And let me take a moment, because it's Father's Day, and honestly, because I can, let me just say a word to the fathers. Your kids are going to experience unexpected things in life. It's going to happen because you live in a world that is broken, in a world that things just come out of nowhere. Storms are very real. Your kids are going to go through things that you're like, I did not expect that to happen to them. But here's the word to you. When those unexpected things happen, make sure you are present. Make sure your kids can say, that happened to me and my dad was there. Present, helping. Verse 25 says, he called his name Jesus. Here, when he names him, he's actually embracing him as his child. And what you have here is adoption. Joseph is, he's adopting Jesus. He's the adoptive father of Jesus. And think again. We, I, it's one of those stories all week I was just slowing down over and over and just thinking about the situation this is not the plan for his life this is when he when he sort of woke up and the day he found out and then the you know the angel or whatever it is tells him what is going on you got to realize this is not what he was planning but it is the path that he is taking here's the word for us in this It is very good and wise to plan. Nothing wrong with planning. You should plan, but you should always be prepared to pivot. It's good to plan, but if God says we're going another way, you pivot and you go and you trust because God knows what's best for you. And the one who's asking you to pivot is going to be there with you in it. Trust me on that. Let me just give you an example that's coming to my head. Later on, when Jesus is, 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 uh, is born and is growing up, there is an evil king who rises up and he wants to kill. And in the middle of another, all you got to do is read chapter two, in the middle of another confusing moment and all that kind of stuff, Joseph and Mary, like, what should we do? All of this has been presented. Maybe Jesus is going to lose his life another angel of the Lord appears and tells Joseph exactly what to do. When you go the way God tells you to go, when you follow the plan of God in your life, even though it wasn't the one you were planning, when you obey, God will be there with you and for you to guide you at every single step to make sure that those who are obeying him and trusting him are protected and looked after and given what they need in order to continue to walk in trust and obedience to God. Always present. Let me say one more thing. Well, maybe a couple more things. One more thing. People can do math. See, Vivian's smart. 
She knows where I'm going with this. See, they could add up and realize that this child was not from this marriage. People can do math, and they're also really good at doing gossip. And so there probably was a little bit of talking going on. Because don't we do that? Oh, don't tell anybody I told you this, but did you notice that so-and-so? Oh, let's pray about that. I think we said. <laughs> good at math. Good at doing gossip. Joseph knows people are going to talk. And he obeyed God anyway. He's aware that there's going to be scorn. He's aware that this is going to be tough. But he says, I'm trusting God. I'm sticking with Mary. I'm going to be there for Jesus. Come what may. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Obeying the Lord does not always make your life smoother. Sons, you can come now if you want. But obeying the Lord, following what God says, can make somebody's life better if you trust and follow what God says. Joseph, his words are not recorded, but his actions are what? Enough. His actions are, you say it. His actions are? Enough. He, on Father's Day, what you got to realize is here's a father with character. You want to know the kind of people God uses to do things? It's not an accident that he's picking this couple. In, this, in the greatest and sort of most important part of this plan, he chooses Mary and Joseph. Think about them. Both high character people. You want to know, if, you know can, God, can God use me? Yes, he can. can. You're asking yourself, can God use me? Will he do that? Yes, but it's got to be that your character is there. That's the kind of, he, the text says he's a just man. That is who God chooses to use. As Joseph, he's compassionate. Didn't, didn't do the unmerciful thing. He chose mercy, compassionate. Joseph was present. He chose to be there. He could have easily been like, mm, yeah, I had a dream. Mm, okay, I'm going to go do my own thing. Mm-mm. This is what God wants me to do. I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to be there, present. Joseph is merciful. We've already talked about that. Joseph is also wise. He is wise. And what Joseph is doing at this moment, what he should do, and what his actions should do in you, I should say, is to make you think of your Father in heaven. Kim said this to me this morning. She said, hey, this is, a, this is a day where we say, you know, happy Father's Day to you. It's a little bit man-made, but it's also a day where we remember the, our true Heavenly Father. And so we look at a father who has character, and we show due respect. But we also slow down and think about our Father in heaven and how he represents. Joseph is just modeling everything we see in God. Hasn't God been compassionate to you? Sometimes you don't feel it, but trust me, God is present and he's there. He's been there in all your trials and all your troubles, so he'll always be there. Hasn't God been merciful to you? You have salvation. What did you deserve? What did I deserve? Aren't you sitting there right now with breath in your lungs? Isn't God keeping you alive? Is, hasn't God given you some need? Hasn't God given you somewhere to sleep? 
It's a day, yes, where we honor and say, you know, thank God for fathers. We don't, that's good. But it's a day where we give praise to our heavenly father. Who is so, hasn't God been wise in your life? Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. But when you back up and you look, you're like, wow, who, I couldn't have figured that out. I wouldn't have put that together the way God did. And when you get to glory, you're just going to be saying that over and over and over and over and over. Who is wise like our God? Calvin said, God is not only father, but the best and most compassionate of all fathers. Watch this. When we yield to his mercy. You don't have this father without yielding to the mercy he offers in Jesus Christ. The best and most compassionate father when we yield to his mercy. His wish, he wishes us not only to call him father, but expressly call him ours. But expressly call him ours. He is our father. Let's stand and pray. God, we give you praise and glory. We thank you, Lord God, for the work that you did in Joseph's life. We thank you, Lord God, as we looked at his life for all the things you have taught us through his actions. This man who never says a word, but his life, Lord God, speaks volumes. His life says so much. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to walk in the principles and the applications that we have received today from looking at this text. We thank you, Lord, for the fathers in our church. And we thank you more than anything, Lord God, for being a father in our life. I pray you'd help us to, like Joseph, walk in complete and full obedience to you, trusting, Lord, that you know best. And God, being there for others, loving and serving like he did. Ultimately, because we want to give you praise and glory, because we want to worship you in song, yes, but also with our actions, with our lives, with the things that we do. And so we pray that you would help us to lift up your praises now, Lord God, because you are worthy of our worship, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.